You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 91. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today on the podcast, I chat about a maybe a sensitive subject. I don't think it's, I mean, I don't think it should be taboo. I think it should be something that we talk a lot more about, but maybe a vulnerable subject with my friend Jenna Remmel. And we talk about body acceptance and um, what that means for her, what it's meant for her in her life and her journey and what it can mean for you. And I am really excited to bring this conversation to you today because I think, first of all, like I said, initially, this is something that I feel like we need to talk more about because I find that there are so many women who are having these experiences um, looking in the mirror or having these thoughts go through their head. And there's, I think there's a lot of shame that comes with them inherently. And I think when we stay in that cycle of shame, nothing changes. Shame doesn't actually bring positive change. And when we can step out of that shame and we can talk openly about it, like Jenna does today and and shares her story, then we can start to have like ways to be able to work past this. We can recognize that it's not the end all be all, that it doesn't mean that we can't get out of it and that there is a way forward. And I am huge about setting goals. I am huge about achieving whatever it is that you want to achieve in your life and setting whatever goal it is that you want. And I truly do believe that we can work towards those goals from a place of self-love. And I always, I always say the phrase, work for the body you want while loving the body that you have. And that's what my conversation with Jenna today revolves around is how do we love that body that we have? How do we dive into that a little bit deeper? Now, if you're coming here and listening to this episode and this idea of um, body image, body positivity, self-love and acceptance is is interesting to you and something that you want to hear more about, I really highly suggest you go back and listen to episode 87, where I interview Lexi Kite from Beauty Redefined. And we have an amazing conversation about body image and about this idea of body resiliency and um, highly, highly suggest that episode. Um, and in this episode with Jenna, we go a little bit more towards the personal aspect um, and more towards her experience with body acceptance and with going through the different stages of her body and what it's looked like and what that thought process has been. And my my hope for you as you listen to this episode and as, as you listen to Jenna and, and what she shares about her journey, that you're able to take some of the things that she says and actually put them into action in your own life. Whether you feel like you have a really great you know, body acceptance and, and body image, or whether this is something that you're currently struggling with. And, and maybe you're, you're at that point where you don't want to look in the mirror, or you don't want to have pictures taken. And either way, I truly believe that as you listen to this episode, there will be something in here that will speak to you, that will speak to you on some level. And I really encourage you to take action on what, whatever that is that speaks to you. 
So with that said, and without further ado, let's hop into the interview with Jenna Remmel. Okay. I'd like to welcome Jenna Remmel to the podcast. Hey, Jenna, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm so good. And I am so excited for our conversation today because you have such a unique way of, um, first you have a unique story and just the way that you share it online so freely and openly and vulnerably. I think we are just going to have such a great conversation that women of all ages and types are going to be able to relate to. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So let's start out just introducing you and tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about who Jenna is and what you do. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to chat about that. It's so funny because when you ask that question, it's like, do you ever feel like you've lived a thousand lives? Oh, totally. Like, where do I, yeah, like, where where do I start? Do I, even, <laughs> I was born here, but it doesn't even matter at this point because I've lived a thousand lives since then. Anyway, um, yes, I'm Jenna. I'm a mom of four. I've been married to my husband, Andrew, for almost 15 years now. Uh, we currently live in our hometown of Provo, Utah. So uh, we moved back here from Southern California just like three years ago. So we love being back in the mountains of Utah and we spend a lot of time outdoors with our family and biking and hiking and skiing and doing all the things here. So we love that. We have kids ranging from 11 to one and should I call myself a homeschool mom? I currently am. Semi. <laughs> just kidding. Own it. It's not normally who I am, but I'll take the badge of honor. Uh, so I started sharing content online almost 10 years ago, just kind of started off uh, with a children's blog, sharing lifestyle and with a, with a couple girlfriends of mine. And, uh, we were raising small kids and we were just kind of loving it and wanted to share that positive message of motherhood. And although it was hard and difficult, but that there were so many fun parts about it. And from there, I started sharing personally on my own Instagram, um, and honestly started out sharing recipes, sharing, uh, very restrictive, uh, recipes and fitness and really have evolved and taken an entire 360 from that point. And now I speak on a lot of self-love and acceptance and, uh, really have wanted to have and cultivated a space and community of women who can be themselves and accept themselves as who they are and really find who that is. And that's what Jenna's Kitchen is now. It's it's a place where people can come and be themselves. Awesome. And so the Jenna's Kitchen, the kitchen part is a little bit of past life and you've kind of shifted <laughs> your message a little bit over time. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. It's funny because I've had a few kind of business consultants be like, well, you need to take out the kitchen and and whatever else. And it makes me laugh because I think, well... No, it makes so much sense to me now. I get it. I think you're coming to this space and you're thinking you're going to find recipes. You will not find a single one. I mean, occasionally I'll throw up a recipe, you know, that I, that I'm using, even though I still really do cook quite a bit. Um, but now I kind of see it as, uh, you know, the kitchen is a place where my most love humans come and they sit around my Island and I make cookies and, and food and tacos and guacamole and whatever I have on the list, you know, and I, we chat and we're together and it's where we share our innermost feelings. And so I've kept the kitchen because to me, that's the heart of a person. It's the heart of a home. So that's why I've kept the name. Yeah. I love that. And I think, (laughs) and this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because I think this transition is, um, such a, a, such a poignant one to be able to talk about, um, this transition from, 
focusing on fitness, focusing maybe on restriction, focusing on, you know, what you put in your mouth and things like that. And, and I am, I'm curious to talk about this evolution over time of what made you shift away from that and towards this, this other platform. And what has that shift been like in terms of both your journey and the journey that you've taken your followers on during that time? Oh, wow. Where do I even start? Um, People ask me all the time, where do I start? And it's so, it's been such an interesting experience to try to articulate where do you start loving yourself? Where do you start changing who you are? And it just, it just starts with the first day that you stop talking bad about yourself. And, you know, and then you try to have a second day where you start talking about, you know, you stop talking bad about yourself and move on to a third day. And sometimes you can't even last a day. And it's just moments in time that you keep encouraging yourself, keep loving yourself. And that's where I started. I realized that fitness and food and all of it was, and by the way, I still love to work out and I still love, you know, I am still a very active person and I, and I enjoy eating, you know, all food groups, but of course eating as healthy as I can because it makes me feel the best. And I think that's what I started to realize is that I was restricting myself and I was doing the workouts I was doing as punishment and they were going to be the catalyst for which I would finally love myself. I would finally accept myself. Once I looked a certain way, then then I would be able to find that joy within myself. And the fact that I had the cellulite, the fact that I was a normal size girl, the fact that I got fat when I was pregnant, those were all things that like, if I just weren't those things, that then I would be at this place of arrival, this holy grail, just like place where you always love and accept yourself. And I kind of hit rock bottom with, a, it's interesting that the biggest catalyst for me in changing my entire thought patterns was a big shift in a really core friendship in my life. Um, she was like a sister to me and I realized I had built so much on so much, so many shaky foundations, right? Like it always had to do with how someone else felt about me. Hmm. And so everything kind of came crumbling down and I realized, I couldn't count on anyone but me. You know, I had to take on the responsibility of and the ownership of loving myself. That no amount of money, no certain friend, no size pants, none of that was going to give me that freedom but me. And so I started on that journey of looking inward and saying, how can I love myself no matter what? I don't even remember the question. Was that an answer to the question? Yeah. Well, and I, I kind of, you know, like, <laughs> sort of, I, I, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper because I think okay, that there great. are some, some really important things here for the women that are listening, because I think there are so many women who can relate to where you were, right? Yeah. There's so many women who can relate to, I will be enough when I fit into a size six PR jeans. I will be enough mm-hmm when I hit my goal weight, I will be enough. And we can even take it to like, I will be enough when I can squat 200 pounds, right? Like there's, we we put these like little qualifications on like, I will be enough when, and it's sometime in the future. And, um, what I'm hearing you say is that you are on this like wheel spinning your wheels, trying to 
become enough and, and do these things that you thought that were going to make you enough. And you kind of came to this realization that, um, first of all, everything, a lot of the things that you were saying were based off of other people's opinions, which Mm -hmm. you labeled a shaky foundation, which is right. Like how, you know, what someone else thinks of you is like, that's, that's not static. (laughs) That can change like day to day. So like trying to shoot for that, like trying to shoot for a moving target. Um, but then second, you had this realization that, you know what, like, even if I get to my goal weight, even if I have the most perfect body, even if whatever happens, like, is that going to be enough? And I think that so many women wake up to the fact that they, they do wake up to their goal body or they hit their goal weight and then they wake up and they think the world is going to change and it hasn't. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and that moment I think is kind of what you're elaborating on. So for so a woman who's maybe back where you were, where she feels like she's spinning mm-hmm. her wheels and she's telling herself I'll be good enough when, um, what, what would be the first step that would take somebody from where you were at to this journey that you've had and, and gotten you to where you would be? But let's go back just like the first step. I loved how you say, what did you say? I'm going to love myself today. Or I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say negative things about myself today. Yeah. I think you have to look at what is, you always have to be reaching at what is my next best thought. The first thing I would do is say, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? Spend some time writing that down and thinking about that. Do you want to feel popular? Do you want to feel like the most important person in the room? Probably not. Really how you want to feel is accepted, loved, valued, respected. And those things are different than the, the kind of modality by which you're trying to get there, if that makes sense. You know, like that's what we're really seeking. We're just seeking it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so for me, writing down how I wanted to feel, wh- what I wanted my life to look like, and those, those words for me were safe, um, valued, respected, um, understood. And we all know we can't get those things from other people, right? Because people are, our experience colors our perspective, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're always looking to be understood by everybody else, it's impossible because Mm -hmm. their life experience is so different than ours. So I looked at how I wanted to feel and then I started noticing my thoughts you know, we think billions of thoughts and they run through our head and they become habits and then they become real. And the terrible things we say about ourselves become our reality. And our thoughts are the strongest and most obvious thing we can change immediately. And it takes so much practice And so I would start there. I would start by thinking about your thoughts, noticing as they come in, saying, I see you. I see this terrible thought and I'm going to invite it to leave and let it pass through me. And and I still have those moments and I don't feel shame. I think, oh, dang, that came and now it can leave. And I just invite it to leave over and over and over again. And I choose to accept the goodness in my life. And I think women resist goodness and good thoughts and good relationships and good feelings. They resist it because they don't believe they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I definitely think that comes down to a, a worthiness issue. And I really want to highlight what Jenna just said there, because I think you said something so important for women to understand that as you're on this journey of, you know, self-love and acceptance, and I think Jenna would probably agree that it is a journey. It's not, it's not like she doesn't have it all figured out. <laughs> it's like not a destination, no. right? Um, but did you notice that what Jenna said was not that those thoughts don't ever come? And I think sometimes we think, oh, well, like I'm bad because these thoughts come. She's not saying that thoughts don't come. It's what she chooses to do when they do come. Um, And so I think that's such an important point to make that we don't have to beat ourselves up for something, you know, a thought coming up or or thinking something. It's in that moment what you choose to do with that thought. Do you choose to latch onto it and like repeat it over and over and over again yourself and like use it like a a bat and beat your head head over with it? Or do you choose what Jenna was saying to like notice it, to encourage it to move along, to pass through you and, and to move on to the next thought that may be a little bit more positive for you. And I think, um, I think the more that women understand that that's really the goal, not to get rid of those thoughts, but to more appropriately deal with them when they do come. Um, and that, and that's, I love that. That's powerful. Um, so I'm curious because you, you know, you said earlier on that you still exercise and you still move your body and you still try to eat healthy and you still do all of these things. And the difference now maybe than previously is simply the place that they come from. Like before it came from a place of punishment. It came from a place of I'm not enough. And from what you were saying, it sounded to me like you were saying now it comes from a place of love and a place of caring and a place of I'm already enough. And yet you're still treating your body well and and taking care of your body. So I'm curious what some of the fitness goals maybe that you had set in the past and what some of the fitness goals you currently have and how those differ as you're working from those different places? Oh, I love that question. I think my old fitness goals were to be a certain body fat percentage, you know, and that required a certain way of eating, eating my certain macros, fitting in um, a certain amount of protein, counting everything, fixating, um, doing really heavy lifting, which I do love to, I do love to lift still. Um, but it's different. And I think, I think, you know what it's like. It's, it's different when you're in that mode of, I got to lose the fat. This is how I'm going to do it. This is where I'm going to go. And then every food that doesn't align with that feels like a misstep, right? Like sure. it feels yeah. like a mistake or a failure. And now, I mean, I have, kind of grown. I'm such a person that I love change and I love new things. So I love changing up my fitness routine and trying new things. And, and right now I'm obsessing over my Peloton bike and I get on that bike no matter what, most of the time. And because of the way that it makes me feel and none of it, I don't ride for one second to change the way that I look, but to change the way that I feel. And that to me has been the most impactful experience um, with my fitness because I do think I had a kind of a lull in my life where I thought, how am I going to do this? How am I going to work out, but not get to that scary place again? You know, I was kind of scared to dip my toes back in it after a pregnancy because I thought, how will I do this and not hate myself again? And like you said, it's coming from that place of love. And so now my fitness goals, I can't say that they're really fitness goals. It's about, it's feeling goals. How do I want to feel? And I feel best when I work out. I feel more aligned with who I am. I feel more mentally 
clear. I am more patient with my kids. I am happier, but it's, it's not about results. Yeah. It's so good. And, and what would that be like if every woman chose her workouts based on how she wanted to feel Yeah, wow. rather than based on what she thought was going to make her body look a certain way? I think yeah. that's a powerful question that Jenna just gave you to ask yourself is how do I want to feel and how can I create that feeling with the foods that I'm eating and the workouts that I'm doing? Um, and I think the answer to that question may be for some people a very different answer than if you ask yourself the question of what's going to make me the skinniest. And I think yeah. the former question will lead you down a path that is so much healthier physically and mentally for you. And um, I love that. I love, I love that question, Jenna. That's, that's such a great question for people to be asking themselves. Um, I asked one of my cousins who like has been following you forever. I was like, what, what, what question should I ask Jenna? <laughs> she was, oh, so, she was so excited that you're going to be on the <laughs> podcast. And so one of the questions that she had was specifically about how you've been able to um, balance working from home, having a business, having four kids and, and, and health and fitness and how you feel like you've been able to balance that through, through the years. And if you have any suggestions for somebody who is maybe struggling with finding that balance themselves. I love that question. Hi, cousin. That's so sweet of you. It's, it's to, Megan. You can say hi, Megan. Hi, She'll Megan. Hi, Megan. <laughs> so excited to talk to you and to your cousin. Um, so over the years, I feel like I've chosen to replace the word balance with aligned. Ooh, and like for that. me, that that works better for me because balance is and that might be my own personal experience with the word and my upbringing and kind of you know, what I'm used to and the gender roles that I grew up with or, you know, around me and things like that. Um, balance was this unachievable thing, kind of full of shame and guilt and stress that you weren't doing what was right and your priorities weren't right because you were not balanced. And I think alignment looks really, really different on everybody. And I had to come to that piece that my alignment or balance, if you want to use the word balance, looks so different than it does for somebody else. And the way that I found that is by having non-negotiables in my life. I work out. Um, I try to every day. And my husband's aware of that non-negotiable and he's supportive of that. Uh, another non-negotiable for me would be to meditate in the morning. Uh, non-negotiable for me would to be to get a babysitter um, so that I can work. I think for a long time, I was trying to have quote unquote balance. So that was not getting help. That was not getting support. That was not getting a babysitter so that I could be all the things to all the people and no one, like everyone was losing. And so then nothing was balanced. And so understanding that the way that I could find the best alignment was to have non-negotiables. Like I don't work when my kids are with me. Typically, sometimes things come up, but, it, and that's, what's been so challenging about this quarantine period is I've been like, having to face those demons. Cause I get really annoyed when I can't accomplish my work mm -hmm. because, because someone wants juice or whatever. And it's like, the kids aren't at fault for wanting a drink and I'm not at fault for wanting to get work. And so that's why for me in a normal situation, it's best for me to really compartmentalize those, uh, even though I'm working from home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I think women need to have non-negotiables in their life, whether they're working or not. You do not have to do it all. And if you're trying to, no one's winning and you're not doing it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I think one of the hard things with 
this idea of, of balance too, is that balance seems so binary. It's like either you're, are you balanced? Yes or no. <laughs> right. It's like, it's not really yeah. like a, in between. It's like, yes, I'm balanced. No, I'm bal- not balanced. And, and that binary, like life is just not binary. And um, so I loved how you rephrased that of like, am I in alignment? And it's not even, am I in alignment? Yes or no. It's like, how, how much in alignment am I? How, you know, how, on the scale of like, am I most aligned? Am I kind of aligned? Am I sometimes aligned? Like there's room for this gray area and, and I'm sure there's always room for more alignment. And, and I think that's what, you know, progress and goals and things can get us towards. But I love this idea of looking at it as more of a continuum. Um, and I, I totally second this idea of non-negotiables. I think you just having that in your mind of like, this is a non-negotiable for me because it helps me be my best version every single day. That is that is how you've been able to find balance in, in your life. And you've been able to find that alignment that you're wanting in your life because you know what's non-negotiable for you and you show up better for the people that you love because you have that non-negotiable. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that, that that's beautiful. Um, so if, if, you know, if someone was, and let's kind of take this idea of balance or alignment or whatever we want to call it into, um, this realm of our bodies and, and finding that, that self-love and that balance and that alignment with our bodies. Uh, I mean, you share openly on your social media and on your Instagram, what it's like to have a body that changes, right? You've had four pregnancies, like you've seen your body change. You've been different sizes. You've experienced a different size body. Um, and you share a lot about that. So how have yeah. you been able to navigate through the, that changing body and maybe for a woman who's in the middle of it right now, what advice would you have for that woman? Well, going back to reaching for the next best thought always. And to me, the next best thought is gratitude. And especially after you have a baby, it's really, really easy to hate all the things about your body and your boobs and your stomach and your hips and everything that's changed. But if you shift back to gratitude Every time it works, it works. And it's simple. You do not have to have some explosive, grateful experience. It can be like, I'm so grateful I'm feeding my baby right now. And I'm so grateful, you know, I can walk and I'm sitting here and I feel good or um, that I have my health or anything like that. I think just we get so used to wanting more in our society and just saying, over and over and over again, this is enough. And I'm so grateful for it. And sometimes that's not true. Sometimes when I say the nice things I say to myself, I'm like, "Ugh, this is not true. I do not feel this way, but I say it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying it until it becomes my reality because that's all it's ever been is that the negative thoughts have just become people's reality. So why do we think the positive ones can't be either? They can. Yes. They can. Yes. And so that's what I just have to keep reaching for. And that's the thing about it too, is just understanding, just like you say, you know, the bad thoughts come, they, they continue to come. It's not this place that you don't ever have bad thoughts, but same with the good thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Like the bad thoughts continue to come and those aren't real. And sometimes the good thoughts don't feel real either. They don't feel, they don't feel you basically, you do not have to believe a good thing to say it. Mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to restrict yourself from saying, I love myself when you don't. It, that means you need to say it more than ever. You don't have to love yourself in order to say it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't love yourself, 
that's the most important time to say it over and over and over again until it becomes your reality. I think some people think I'll start talking nicely about myself when I believe it. Well, how do you think you'll get there? Amen. By saying it. Yeah. You got to say it and then you'll believe it. Like the believing comes after. Um, And the awesome thing about it is that you can be intentional with the saying it, right? You can choose to say it even if you don't feel it because the belief comes afterwards. It's like, it's just like faith, right? Like we have this idea and this concept of faith that sometimes you have to step out into the darkness to be able to to like have something manifest, right? You, you have to take that, that leap of faith in order for it to be realized. And I think it's the same thing in terms of our, our thoughts and our beliefs. Like you got to say it first, the belief comes, comes later. So, you know, I love, I love that idea. Um, you are really Absolutely. big on, on social media and I'm curious, what are, what do you hope that women get from following you? I hope that women see their story in mine. Honestly, I just want them to be themselves. And if this is a if this is the only place for them that they feel safe is within my community to be that person, that's what I want to achieve. Is I just want more places where where more women can can be safe and can be themselves and know that it's okay to be who they are. It's beautiful. I love that. Um and and I and I love that that is a focus of of your community, because I think it's true. Um, we as women need places where we feel accepted. And you kind of talked about acceptance early on in the, in the episode. Um, but that is a basic human need of that feeling of acceptance. And, um, the fact that you're focusing on creating that in your community, uh, that's, that's really, really awesome. Um, what, what might somebody who follows you and maybe has been, you know, an avid follower of you on social media for a while, what would they still be surprised to maybe know about Jenna? I feel like I tell, tell them everything. So you, feel, you feel like you're an open book? <laughs> you share everything? I feel like I tell them everything. Um, yeah. Well, this is kind of a running joke on my Instagram right now is like, I think I'm funny and my friends think I'm funny, but my Instagram can kind of be serious sometimes, like all the feelings and like, let's cry mm-hmm. together. And I love that about it. But I, I'm a really good time. And I know sometimes mm. that comes across, but sometimes I think it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that they don't know about me because I think that people who follow me forever are like, no, you're funny. But I've also had people be, say, you're not funny. <laughs> no. and you're like, I'm a really good time. <laughs> yeah, I just think I tend to talk about really kind of in-depth things and thoughts and feelings, but I'm pretty lighthearted at home and with my friends and with my family. You know, I'm a good time girl and it's, and I love a good party. So I think that's clear, but sometimes I wonder if it's not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Um, when you're, when you're discussing heavy topics, sometimes, it, you know, maybe people don't see the fun, <laughs> the fun side uh, <laughs> yeah. of you, um, which I think I'm is, fun. you know, it's, it's a balance, right? Like it's a balance. You gotta bring the, you gotta, you have, you're the fun, but you also have these other thoughts and things inside of you that it's so important to be able to be willing yeah. to be vulnerable and share. So that's awesome. Um, okay. Last question. Um, as you look back, maybe over the last 10 years, 20 years, whatever time period you want to look at, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you have learned and what caused you to learn it? I think the biggest lesson for me and the way that I've learned it is, is not linear, right? It's not one massive impactful experience. It's little things over the years. It's miscarriages. It's lost friendships. It's, um, losing, you know, people to sickness or death or moving. Um, it's that there is a home within you and 
it's such a beautiful life experience to have relationships and a partner and children. And it makes for such a wonderful life. But if we do not have a home within ourselves, we have no home with anybody else. And it is absolutely my number one priority to feel safe within my own skin because it allows me the opportunity to reach so expansively into other people, to serve, to pour my life into others when I have life and a home within myself. And so my message to women and to myself is that that has to come first. It has to come first. And if it doesn't, then everything crumbles. And when it does, it's a beautiful experience to be able to live a life um, full of joy and happiness and sorrow and trial and failures, but to know that you feel at home within yourself. I love that so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenna, for sharing your wisdom and your story. If people are wanting to connect with you further, where can they find you? Okay. You can find me on Instagram, Jenna's Kitchen. Again, you will find no recipes on Jenna's (laughs) Kitchen, but you will find a good time and some tears. And um, also on jennarammel.com. So those are my major places. I also have uh, kind of the number one stream of our kind of our business is essential oils. So I also share a lot over on the daily which is something we didn't even touch on, which is completely fine. Uh, cause along with the a thousand lives, I feel like I have a thousand businesses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So jenneramble.com mostly and Jenna's kitchen on Instagram is where yeah. you can find me. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Jenna. Thank you. I appreciate it. A big, huge thank you for Jenna for coming on the podcast and sharing her experience with us and with me. I really hope that you're leaving this podcast episode with some tools that you can use and um, some ways that you can actively shift those thoughts in your head and make them more productive. You have goals and you want to reach them. And the thoughts that you think and the beliefs that you hold are one of the most, if not the most important things to get aware of and to shift so that they align with the results that you want to create. And and that's a lot of what Jenna shared. And and I appreciate that she approached it from um, the thought work that needs to happen, the belief shifting that needs to happen, because those thoughts and those beliefs beliefs create your actions and those actions are exactly what create the results that you want or don't want. They create results either way. Before we wrap up this episode, I would love it if you enjoyed this episode, if you would rate and review the podcast on iTunes, that really helps us to be able to get in front of more eyeballs and have more people listening to this content and being able to hopefully make the changes in their lives that they want to see so that they can be hitting their goals as well. Um, So as always, if you have done that and you've taken the time to rate and review the podcast, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if you haven't done that yet, take five minutes and scroll into iTunes. If you scroll to the bottom where you're listening to uh, the podcast on your device, there's a place to rate and review the podcast. And I so appreciate those who take the time to be able to support what I'm doing here and and the free content that I'm putting out. It really does make a difference. 
That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.